Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Mariana Thinks Food. Today, I have a lot of interesting tips for you before we dive into the main topic, protein. So I've been reading a lot lately and doing these online courses to really build up my knowledge in food. And something that came up on this Stanford course I did that's meant to be for physicians is like how to talk about changing our diets. And it's interesting that they say never use the word diet. Talk about food intake, what are the choices you're making. And that's pretty crucial because it means that people are taking this word diet and having such a negative connotation that doctors can't really use it. Um, so moving on, I'll try not to use it. Um, I'll try to talk about more kind of eating. Um, but yeah, fun fact. So some tips I learned um, that I've also been saying is that when you serve your plate, half of it should be vegetables. And then of the remaining portion, then you could do grains, protein, and fat. Uh, but the main event on the plate should always be vegetables. Also, they mentioned how if you cook your own meals, you're less likely to overeat. I don't know how that link is made, but I guess that if you go through the effort of peeling carrots and um, cutting them, maybe you won't peel 50 carrots. I don't know. Or maybe you won't make like a really gigantic steak. Um, but at a restaurant, if someone gives you the food, then you might eat it. So in that way, it makes sense. Also, how cultures talk about food influences how we consume food. So in the U.S., we say, I'm full. And that's not great because you're eating until you're full. While in Japanese and Chinese cultures, you're encouraged to eat until you're satisfied. And something also mentioned in this course is that the French is like, you say, I'm hungry, and then when you're finished, it's like, I'm not hungry anymore, which shows you that people approach eating differently and thinking that you have to be full at the end of the meal is actually quite bad for us. Uh, so we need to think that, well, I'm not hungry anymore is a very good state to be in, and being full means you've consumed excess calories. Now I want to dive into our main topic for today protein. We need it to live, it's tasty, it keeps us full, and we can get it from a variety of sources. But why do we need to eat protein? So it aids in building our bodies. We have muscle, tendon, cartilage, all made up of the basic elements of protein, which are amino acids. There are 20 different types of amino acids, and nine of them are essential amino acids. That means that we need to consume those nine um, in our food. The remaining 11 amino acids can be made from the essential nine amino acids. A dietary protein has a combination of the 20 amino acids. You can consume protein from animal sources or plant sources. Both are good sources of protein, but animal proteins provide a complete set of the amino acids you need. So that means that the package itself, your body can process it. While plant-based proteins need to be combined with other foods to provide the essential nine amino acids. 
that doesn't mean that the quality of the protein is necessarily worse. It's just that your body needs you to eat a variety of foods with different amino acid profiles so that you can absorb it. So what happens when we go to digest protein? First, you eat it, and then it doesn't get digested until it reaches the stomach, which is highly acidic. Here, the acid starts breaking down the protein, and the enzymes come in and take these smaller pieces. As digestion continues, it goes into the upper part of the GI tract and the small intestine, where it's further digested. At this point, digestion should be almost complete, and then it reaches the lower part of the small intestine. Whatever hasn't been digested by this point uh, will leave the body undigested. The process our body undergoes to digest protein is important because the quality of dietary protein is determined by two variables, its digestibility and the amino acid composition. So if we are not consuming the right proteins in the right combinations, then our body can't go through this process and either you get rid of it or it lingers in your body until you can get rid of it. I'm sure now you guys have the question of how much should I be eating and what foods should I be eating to get my protein intake? Consensus seems to be that you should eat 0.8 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight per day. So a 70 kilogram person would eat about 56 grams of protein, which isn't a lot. Um, if you're thinking about ounces, a four ounce uh, sockeye salmon filet has about that amount of protein. And we definitely consume more. The National Academy of Medicine sets a range of between 10 and 35% of your daily calorie intake can be protein. The important thing to note here is that the package of the protein matters. Because if you're consuming 35% of your calories and uh, red meat, then you're also consuming saturated fats. While if you're consuming these 35% calories of your day on vegetables and plant-based alternatives, then you're also getting the fiber and the nutrients from those plant-based foods, which are going to contribute to an overall better nutritional profile. How much protein you need as a woman, man, child, depends on really you. Um, definitely in the Western world, developed countries, people are actually consuming more protein than they need. Um, in countries where um, there's food insecurity, then that's where people are protein deficient. Uh, but it's actually less common in the quote-unquote developed world. And something we need to keep aware of as we age, and also if people are listening to this podcast who are a bit older... Um, and are humoring me uh, by listening to this podcast, eating extra protein, breakfast, lunch, and dinner will be crucial for you. As we age, our body breaks down muscle, so we need to compensate for it. Uh, a reasonable target would be 1.6 grams per kilogram per day, combined with resistance training to build muscle again. This is so you keep balanced, uh, you keep strong, and this will avoid problems down the line because 
a lot of issues that come with age are people falling or breaking a bone. So if you keep muscle, you'll be more likely to keep yourself from falling and possibly needing that button for emergencies that, oh no, I've fallen and can't get up. And then an ambulance calls on the phone and you've all seen those infomercials in the US. So you know what I'm talking about. And if you're from somewhere else, Google it because these are hilarious ads and quite scary because if you're that age and you have to wear a necklace that beeps um, if you fall, I think there's a bigger issue. Maybe you should be accompanied by someone or maybe it's a societal issue. Maybe where's your community? Where's your family? Why are you alone? So a lot of different factors. Not going to go into it further, but yes, getting older, eat your protein, do the resistance training, protect your body, keep safe, avoid buttons on your neck. Going into the specific proteins that you should be eating, the healthier proteins are beans, nuts, fish, or poultry. Uh, Red meat is not necessarily unhealthy, but because it comes with saturated fats, you you should eat it in moderation. Also, I'm reading a book on food as medicine, and it said that high temperature cooking of meat may cause cancer. Maybe, yes, I haven't looked at the studies behind it. But that incorporating rosemary in your cooking can help in combating that. So fun fact, try it out. I have no scientific data to prove that, but rosemary is pretty cool. As for other proteins, uh, soy protein is quite good. It's a mostly GMO in the United States, so genetically modified. Uh, It's one of the most common genetically modified crops, Um, that, corn, and cotton. Uh, We don't consume cotton, but these crops make up 94% of all the GMO crops produced. So go for soy proteins that are organic. And they're actually good because they're demonstrated to lower blood cholesterol. And this is specific to soy protein, not all plant proteins. And I make this distinction because in the internet, there seems to be this misconception that all plant proteins lower blood cholesterol, but that's not true because that hasn't been proven. It can be true because it happens, but there are no studies supporting that yet or that I have seen in the languages that I speak. I have to caveat everything because the internet is a mystical, mystical place. For other plant-based foods, you have legumes, so they're lentils, beans, uh, you have peas, edamame, which are soybeans, uh, peanuts, nuts and seeds can be almonds, pistachios, cashews, walnuts, hazelnuts, pecans, hemp seeds, squash, pumpkin seeds, sunflower seeds, flax seeds, sesame seeds, chia seeds, whole grains are kamut, teff, teff is a new one for me actually, wheat, quinoa, rice, wild rice, millet, oats, buckwheat. Did you know oats had 13 grams of protein per 100 grams of oats? I did not know that. It's pretty cool. Other sources, um, you have vegetables that have uh, some sort of protein, which are corn, broccoli, asparagus, Brussels sprouts, and artichokes. Eating just one of these foods won't provide all of the amino acids you need, but eating them in a combination, so you can have lentils with rice or with quinoa or... uh, 
nice little rice pilaf with almonds and pistachios, or you can have hummus on a wheat roll and some beans in there. Mmm, sounds delicious. I hope I'm making you hungry. And you'll eat very nice and healthy alternatives. Um, but other protein sources, which are animal-based, you have poultry, so chicken, turkey, duck, seafood, uh, we, and you have fish, crustaceans, and mollusks. Eggs are also a great choice. Uh, dairy has protein. It's better to go for yogurt than getting all your protein from cheese and milk, mostly because yogurt has other benefits. And then you have red meat, uh, where you can have meat from cow or lamb, and Good, it's a good source of protein because you get the nine essential amino acids, but you also have other other things that go with it um, that aren't as great, so saturated fats. Here, it's important to mention also things that aren't great. So processed meats are not ideal. The more processed a food is, the worse it is for you. Uh, and processed meats like cold cuts and deli meats have a lot of salt and also other things, other fillers in there that you don't really know. It could be anything really. Uh, so if you want to control the protein you're eating and the quality of protein, I would go for the previous ones mentioned. But who knows? Like a lovely jamón cinco jotas, I'm never going to say no to it. So I think it for me, it's more of a don't eat it every day. It's more of a special occasion kind of food. And if I'm going to be eating sandwiches, maybe fill them with tuna, make a tuna salad or eggs or even smoked salmon instead of doing ham or sausage or something that you don't know where it came from. Now that you know the different types of food, now we're going to go into my domain. How to cook it. Don't cook it on high heat. That is how cooks tell you to, but it's actually bad for you. Burnt flesh is not good for you. Just saying burnt flesh makes you kind of like, it's bad for you. Use your intuition in that. Slow cooked meals are delicious. Uh, if you have a slow cooker or you just sear chicken on the stove and then you put some chicken stock and you let it on like a simmer it's like a low one or two temperature and you let it cook slowly with some onions that would be delicious when I cook I cook a lot and then I freeze the food and I've been doing this for years I've been doing this actually now about 12 years since I left for college I've been leaving food for about six months worth of meals for my dad in the freezer so I've gotten quite good at picking what freezes well. And I think burgers freeze very well, turkey or bison or cow, and I freeze them cooked in individual packages. So anytime that I don't have time to cook and I want to eat something um, that is healthy, nutritious, I just heat up the burger either on the stove or in the microwave. Um, yes, I use a microwave. I grew up with a microwave. It's probably not good for you, but it's convenient. And we can't be perfect. Another thing that I do is uh, stews and uh, bolognese sauce. Those freeze very well because the liquid also makes it so kind of juicy afterwards when you defrost it. 
and defrosting is better to leave in the fridge overnight, but you could also defrost in a microwave or defrost if it's in a bag, you can leave it under running water in the sink for a while. But do not leave it out for extended periods of time because food might spoil. I also like to freeze chicken dishes. I usually roast two large chickens and then I take all the chicken out and put them in different bags and different portions for either a chicken taco or a salad. And it's really easy and I can control the salt content, how much fat I want to consume. And also I know that it's from uh, either organic or locally sourced chicken or even kind of a no antibiotic chicken Um, which is very important because the quality of the food that we put in our bodies determines the quality of our bodies. So if we're consuming something that was bred in six weeks and injected with a bunch of hormones in the process, then you're consuming those hormones. And I say six weeks because a chicken is full grown after six weeks in most of these highly processed chicken plants because they're injecting them with so many hormones. Um, Imagine within six weeks of life being a full-grown adult. That's insane. So it's not very natural. And it's not very great to eat. That's why also eggs try to go for bio-organic eggs or locally sourced. I like chicken eggs that have been sourced in my community. um, But that is also very difficult to find. And so I just encourage you to be a little bit choosy with these things. You don't need to have 15 eggs a week. Um, A lot of dietitians recommend not more than three or four eggs. I eat two a day uh, because I really like the protein source. But that's just me. And I don't tend to eat that much red meat normally. It's usually more of a special occasion thing. Because I'm a food snob and I like to have a very nice piece of meat. And since I cannot afford it on a day-to-day basis, I reserve it to a special occasion. And on a day-to-day basis, I eat fish. So cans of tuna or I buy salmon and then keep it frozen or shrimp. Also great and super economical. And I've noticed I've been talking about my eating habits, which aren't as important, but I'm starting to get hungry, so it's all I can think about. And this means I need to wrap up the podcast. So today we've learned about proteins, how much we should be eating. So 10 to 15% of your daily calorie intake would be ideal. A lot of developed world people eat up to 35% but try to keep it a bit lower because we actually don't need that much protein. And that's the takeaway of today. If you're exercising a lot, you might want it, uh, but it actually is not correlated with the amount of muscle that you will generate. But I think definitely better consume more protein from animal products and plant-based products versus powders. Because apparently most protein foods have 30%, around 30% protein, and the rest is other stuff. 
while these protein powders are 90% protein, but then you have to mix them with juice or water or other stuff that dilutes it. And then your body ends up actually absorbing only about 20% of the protein in there. So it's not great. It's not a very efficient source of protein. So if you're eating that whey protein powder and you want to build muscle, maybe go for chicken breast. might be more efficient. And those containers are super expensive, so I don't know what you're doing with your life. If I can suggest something to everyone, it's change one or two things a week. Make sure that you are making decisions that are better for you. The quality of the foods you consume influence the quality of your body. And I'm quoting the Stanford course, and it said, food should die, which is so true. Food should not be able to survive forever. If it survives forever, there is a problem. So no Twinkies, no meat that is in a sausage that could survive a nuclear war. More like a nice little chicken breast or a filet of salmon or tuna or a burger that you've made at home with high quality meat, ideally from an organically raised cow. And don't overdo it. Your body might be just accumulating protein and just giving you a nice little pudgy stomach because it cannot digest it. That's not a good thing. Eat as much as you need and leave the rest for later. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably know where your food's going to come tomorrow. So don't overeat today and save it for tomorrow. It's quite good to think about that every day we can eat several times a day. I take every meal as a special occasion and that also makes it important for me to focus on the quality of the ingredients and also plan my meals. Um, that's just me, uh, but I think it's something that I can pass on to people because if you remember that I'm going to have breakfast every day, maybe you don't need to have a huge bowl of cereal and an orange juice and milk and coffee and a yogurt and a fruit. Maybe you just have two eggs and a slice of toast with some avocado and maybe some little tomatoes. And then tomorrow you have a bowl of cereal. And then the day after you go for a bit healthier route, a yogurt parfait with homemade granola. There are infinite possibilities. And I empower you once again to make better choices and to look for things that will serve you and serve your body. And also buy things that are high quality because that promotes the system's creation of higher quality goods. If people are buying highly processed foods or really cheap proteins that have been sourced in non-sustainable ways, then you're indicating to the market that there is a market for it and a consumer. But if you're going for higher quality foods, then there will be more companies that are inclined to produce higher quality foods. And then eventually the price might go down. So think about it. Think about the things that you can do every day to change the system, to promote more sustainable production of food, more sustainable production of meat, and better treatment for animals. Because better treatment for animals means better quality meat and also 
better nutrition for us. And with that, I leave you. Thank you for listening to my podcast today. It's been a pleasure to have you. Don't forget to go to marianathinksfood.com to look at all the stuff I'm posting. Also my Instagram account where I'm posting recipes and daily experiments and also tidbits of things I read that I think are useful. And with that, I hope to have you in my audience next week. Until next time.